Welcome to Day 72 of Shaped by the Word. I'm Paul Kemp here with uh, Matt Kresge and David Keefe. Hey, guys. We're continuing our journey not only through the New Testament, but uh, through the book of Luke and Acts. Uh, Luke is uh, the first volume of um, the two-volume work where Luke describes the works of Jesus uh, through the Holy Spirit as he ministered, uh, went to the cross, died, and rose again. And of course, Acts is a continuing work of Jesus through his church, through the early church, as the gospel uh, moves from Jerusalem and Judea to Samaria, and uh, we finally will find ourselves in Rome to the ends of ends of the earth. Luke has uh, moved us along at a rapid pace. We've been introduced to some fantastic characters, uh, those who were used by God in a mighty way to spread the gospel. Uh, to this point, the gospel has largely been spread through persecution. Mm-hmm. As the church is persecuted in Jerusalem, Stephen and Philip you know, fan out and share the gospel. Uh, but here in um, Acts chapter 13, for the first time, uh, the gospel moves deliberately uh, from the center in Antioch to uh, Galatia and parts of uh, modern Turkey uh, as the Holy Spirit sets aside, sets aside Paul and Barnabas for the work of ministry. It's a wonderful church. Uh, Luke has also kind of moved us around geographically. We've started in Jerusalem, we've moved to Samaria, and then we've moved to an unknown place between Ethiopia and uh, Jerusalem. Then we moved to the church in Antioch, then we moved back to Jerusalem, then we moved to Caesarea, and we find ourselves in chapter 13 back in Antioch as the Holy Spirit continues to work in this wonderful church, church that was a blended church, Gentiles and Jews worshiping together about 250 miles from Mm -hmm. Jerusalem safe distance it would have taken a matter of weeks to walk that distance uh, to uh, and and there was a great cushion uh, for them to just enjoy the freedom that they had in jerusalem there were still the tensions within judaism but to in antioch they just enjoyed the freedom of living in the holy spirit of worshiping god uh, together as a, as a mixed community and from there the gospel goes uh, to the rest of the world so we begin in acts chapter 13 but as always, uh, before we read the Word and before we consider what the Word may have to say to us, we offer ourselves and our hearts to the Lord. David, do you mind lifting us up in prayer? No, I don't. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for time again to come to your Word. And what a joy it is to come to your Word and to see this wonderful story of redemption unfolding in the Old Testament and now in the New as we see the gospel, the good news of what Christ has done for us continue to spread to the ends of the earth. And so, Father, as we take a look at your word, may you encourage us where we need encouragement, convict us where we need conviction, and may you lift our eyes off of our circumstances and back onto Christ, the author and perfecter of our faith. And so may we enjoy time in your word this morning. We pray it all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, David. Acts chapter 13, beginning in verse 1. Now in the church at Antioch there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and they sent them off. The two of them, sent on their way by the Holy Spirit, went down to Seleucia and sailed from there to Cyprus. When they arrived at Salmas, they proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogue. John was with them as their helper. They traveled through the whole island until they came to Paphos, 
where they met a Jewish sorcerer and false prophet named Bar-Jesus, who was an attendant of the proconsul Sergius Paulus. Proconsul, an intelligent man, sent for Barnabas and Saul because he wanted to hear the word of God. But Elamas, the sorcerer, for that is what his name means, opposed them and tried to turn the proconsul from the faith. Then Saul, who was called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked straight at Elamas and said, You're a child of the devil and an enemy of everything that is right. You're full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. Will you never stop perverting the right ways of the Lord? Now the hand of the Lord is against you. You're going to be blind for a time, not even able to see the light of the death sun. Immediately mist and darkness came over him, and he gripped about, seeking someone to lead him by the hand. When the proconsul saw what had happened, he believed, for he was amazed at the teaching about the Lord. From Paphos, Paul and his companions sailed to Perga in Pamphylia, where John left them to return to Jerusalem. From Perga, they went on to Pisidian Antioch. On the Sabbath, they entered the synagogue and sat down. After the reading from the Law and the Prophets, the leaders of the synagogue sent word to them, saying, Brothers, if you have a word of exhortation for the people, please speak. Standing up, Paul motioned with his hand and said, Fellow Israelites and you Gentiles who worship God, listen to me. The God of the people of Israel chose our ancestors. He made the people prosper during their stay in Egypt. With mighty power, he led them out of that country for about 40 years. He endured their conduct in the wilderness, and he overthrew seven nations in Canaan, giving their land to his people as their inheritance. All this took about 450 years. After this, God gave them judges until the time of Samuel the prophet. Then the people asked for a king, and he gave them Saul, son of Kish, of the tribe of Benjamin, who ruled for 40 years. After removing Saul, he made David their king. God testified concerning him. I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. From this man's descendants, God has brought to Israel the Savior Jesus as he promised. But before the coming of Jesus, John preached repentance and baptism to all the people of Israel. As John was completing his work, he said, Who do you suppose I am? I'm not the one you are looking for, but there is one coming after me whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. And we reach an unfortunate break <laughs> I know. in our text as we've tried to divide these readings out into the 340 or whatever it is we have. And we stop here. We leave you on the edge of your seat. We will pick up tomorrow <laughs> in verse 26. But even in the first half, this is the first message we hear from Paul in the synagogue. And he does as Stephen has already done in his message. He rehearses the history of Israel and shows us how that history is fulfilled in Jesus wonderful sermon, wonderful text, wonderful movement of the gospel from Antioch into uh, the regions of Galatia or modern-day Turkey for us. And I like as well, at the beginning, you know, we already spoke to a little bit, Paul, but kind of just the, the really cool type of church they were having here in Antioch of the Jews and the Gentiles getting together, removed from some of the things going on here in Jerusalem. And so you can almost think, man, like this is such a kind of a sweet time for all these people but then right at the end there, we see that, you know, two of their best are getting sent out. Um, Barnabas and, and Saul, they're called Paul. And, uh, you know, just a good reminder, you know, and I think while we don't always necessarily send people out just like we're seeing right here, but this for some reason made me think of our community groups, you know, which we are always trying to multiply and send out. And you can have that really sweet community for a time, but then the group multiplies and, and grows and you send yeah. out other leaders to go lead in other places. And so there always kind of has been this pattern of multiplying and sending out and, and growing in the church. And we get to see yeah. that here for a little you know, bit. The gospel always brings us in and it also always pushes us out. 
and it's a little bit harder to be pushed out, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes and to take the, you know, the gospel on. Interesting in that list, as you see Barnabas at the head of the list and you see Saul at the end of the list, something will soon be reversed. You'll see Saul's name, mm. you know, coming to prominence. Even in the middle here, his, his name is uh, changed from Saul to Paul. Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked straight at Elimas and, and said, uh, he would have received both names probably as a as growing up in Greek as a Greek and as a Jew. I mean, growing up as a Jew in you know Greek territory, uh, his Greek name is Paul, and he'll use that from here on out as his ministry takes him beyond his Jewish heritage to the mm-hmm. to the Gentiles and to the Roman world. Yeah. I love too that you know it says while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, you know, and, and so not only are they in tune with whether or not the Holy Spirit actually spoke or whether he, he just moved them. You know, there there's a sense in which, I mean, we're seeing godliness. We're seeing them, you know, not just want God to do something outside in the community, but he's doing a great work in them. And, and so they're, um, they're hearing from the Spirit. They're yielding to the Spirit. They're obeying the Spirit. And, and I love to, I think sometimes we think of like healthy churches as, as just churches where people come and they stick and they stay forever. Yeah, but we're seeing that pattern. We we mentioned it. Like sometimes healthy, you know, churches say goodbye, yeah. and and people go, and it's not a, you know, usually we think a goodbye is just as like bad breakups or like man, we got to get this person out of here. You know, the staff members got to go. <laughs> yeah. And, and Which yet, staff member did you have in mind? Was it me or David? Got a couple. Of you were thinking yeah. of yeah. <laughs> but you know, and I just love it. it's the Holy Spirit who says, yeah, set apart, you know, Barnabas and and Saul. I have a purpose for them. And that, that is a bittersweet, uh, mm. more sweet than bitter, but yeah. uh, bittersweet when we lose our very best, but when we lose them to the cause of the gospel and the greater work of Christ, you know, so much better than, you know, you know other things that can happen in the life of a church. Nothing is better than to see the gospel enlarged because of, uh, you know, the members of the early church. And, and you're right, the sense that they were willing to hear the spirits, you know, be disruptive to their congregation mm-hmm. or willing, you know, to allow the disruption. And I love not only, you know, the Holy Spirit, you know, says, set, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul. Uh, it says, you know, in verse four, the two of them sent on their way by the Holy Spirit, recognizing from beginning to end that this is a work of the Spirit. And of course, Luke emphasizes this in Jesus. Uh, you know, the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the life of Jesus, and here the continuing ministry of the Holy Spirit yeah. in the life of the early church. And I like to seeing um, at the end of verse 5, you know, when they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God to the Jewish synagogues. John with, was with them as their helper. And maybe I just connect to that because that's somewhat of kind of my job here at the church is just helping with a lot of things kind of behind <laughs> the scenes. <laughs> you know, and I don't know if his help was more pastoral or more practical or exactly what John's doing here. But just that reminder that even though, you know, Barnabas and, and, and Paul are kind of out front doing this very vocal ministry for the gospel, there are still so many people, you know, behind the scenes at church. It's not just staff, but so many volunteers and so many other people who are just those little helpers. And so I love how Luke kind of gave him that nod there. And, and depart the soon, which is a little spoiler, but uh, yeah, he's a helper now. Uh, that's, yeah. uh, that's that's quite all right. The... Um, um, Lucas set us up for this nicely when he talked about the persecution of Herod against the church earlier this week. Uh, he talked about the believers, you know, meeting in the house of John, who is also called Mark, uh, whose mother was Mary. So he's kind of set us up to know this character because this isn't the end. Even though he, he breaks with the group, this is 
this is not the end. In the end, matter of fact, when you see, you see Paul, this is the real spoiler, not what you said. Yeah, but no, the, in the end, when Paul is in Rome and all along deserted by many of his close companions, he sends for John Mark mm-hmm. as a comfort to him. So John uh, reversed you know, his trend of flaking out on the gospel to being a faithful companion of Paul. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we've talked about, too, just the Holy Spirit being at work in the church, but I love as the story goes on, you know, the Holy Spirit didn't just send them out, you know, send them on their way and then abandon them. You know, you, again, you see then Saul, who was called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, like straight at Elimus. You see the Holy Spirit, you know, filling the believers as well, empowering them to carry out the very thing he set them apart for. And so I, I love that. I have a work for which I've called them. No doubt. And I will empower them for the work that I've called them. No, important to Luke, important in, in Acts, important to us to remember that what we do, if we do it effectively, is, is, yeah. is through the Holy Spirit, not of ourselves. And uh, part of our main job is really to get out of the way of the Holy Spirit with our you know fleshly attitudes and those things that we would do to quench or grieve the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit of God to be in us, uh, you know, what uh, God has created him, you know, to be to be our helper, to be our enabler, uh, to be our comforter, to be the one who walks beside us. I love that you know, little phrase you know, from his uh, Antioch speech, which we just get through half of it, but it's a good half. Uh, you know how Paul motions with his hands, fellow Israelites and you Gentiles who worship God, listen to me, the God of people of Israel, uh, um, chose our ancestors. He made the people prosper during their stay in Egypt. With the mighty power, he led them out of the country. For about 40 years, he endured their conduct. Yep. I, I love that little phrase uh, because I'm sure that that, uh, you know, that is so much uh, how, how the Lord has, has, has felt about me that uh, he has been faithful. I have been unfaithful. He's had to endure you know, times of testing and times of a lack of faith and times yeah. of reluctance on my part, and yet he is a patient God, gracious yeah. and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love as he introduced himself you know, to Moses. That's what I was thinking of. You, you see God's grace in, in Paul's speech. You know, The God of the people of Israel chose our ancestors, and then graciously he made them prosper and then graciously endured their conduct and, and graciously overthrew the seven nations. Like, just seeing God's grace on these people, despite their conduct towards Him, He re- He always responded back with grace to them. Yeah, and I even like you know verse twenty. All this took about four hundred and fifty years. Uh, God is always playing the long game, and we're always playing the short game. Mm-hmm. You know, we're concerned with the next five minutes. He is concerned with bringing all of the gospel and all of history, you know, to consummation in Christ. And he is a patient God. We have a very important role, you know, to play in that. But we are one of many generations that are part of the gospel story. And uh, God is doing his work slowly but surely, and it will all be consummated in him. And, of course, one day all of us, uh, you know, from those uh, named in the, in the book of Hebrews, as the, you know, in the roll call of the faithful uh, to those throughout the generation will be joined together around the throne. Uh, proclaiming the glory of the the real hero of our story mm-hmm. of Christ Jesus. You love the description of David. Um, I found uh, David, son of Jesse, not uh, David, husband of Jesse, nope. who we have with us right here. Uh, I found David, son of Jesse, 
a man after my own heart. Mm-hmm. He will do everything that I want him to do. That you know, that really is uh, the call of discipleship that we walk in obedience to Him, and we respond to our situations and to our crisis and to our moments and to uh, the events in our day, not not in the way that we necessarily would want to respond, but in the way that He would want us to respond. And someone after His own heart is someone who responds in a godly manner, you know, to the circumstances of life, be they harsh, be they joyful, or, or whatever whatever they are. And of course, Jesus is the one who was a man after God's own heart par excellence. And so we leave you hanging right there until tomorrow, yeah. and we'll pick up there. Don't read ahead. Nope. We'll see you in 24 hours <laughs> uh, as we uh, take off. Matt, why don't you close us with yeah. a word of prayer? Father, we, uh, again, thank you for your word. Thank you for time um, that we get to spend in it together and and through technology uh, as a church we pray that you would continue to build us up through your word thank you for the reminder um, that god you are sovereign over all of history that you are um, in control over all things and and so we um, we continue to trust you we continue to um, ask you to to use us um, however you see fit that the father we would with um, what's said about David be true of us, that we will do everything that you ask of us, that we would walk in obedience, um, loving you, glorifying you, honoring you. Um, God, thank you for your spirit who, um, who empowers us, uh, who sends us out. Would we yield to him today? Um, and would you get much glory? Uh, thank you for Jesus. Uh, would you set our eyes on him? Say Christ, let me pray. Amen. Mm-hmm.